is possible to become free from debt, financial worry, your boss, and your zip code. You can start living a life you love, but first, you need to find your freedom. Using financial independence and lifestyle design principles, you can create the life of your dreams now. There are many paths to freedom, and that is what this podcast is all about. My name is Becky from 20free.co, and I am the host of the Find Your Freedom podcast. Today, we're going to talk about net worth, what it is, why it's important, how to calculate it, and how to track it. I'll also cover ways to improve your net worth and what your net worth should be based on how old you are. What is net worth? Net worth is a simple calculation that gives you an overview of your financial health and your wealth. The simple equation is assets minus liabilities, or in other words, what you own minus what you owe. The higher your net worth, the wealthier you are. The equation written out would look like assets minus liabilities equals net worth. Why is net worth important? Okay, so that sounds like boring math, but what's the big deal about it anyway? Here are four reasons why knowing your net worth is important. One, net worth is important because it's one of the best indicators of wealth. Think of it as the big picture of your finances. When it comes to your net worth, bigger is better. Positive net worths are good, and the larger they get, the wealthier you are. It is entirely possible, and quite common, to have a negative net worth. In order to retire, you need to have a positive net worth and enough assets to provide income to support your lifestyle while you're not working. A negative net worth means that you need active income from a job to pay your debts every month. Two. Net worth helps you track your financial progress. Knowing your net worth right now helps you understand if you're wealthy at this moment. Tracking the trajectory of your net worth over time helps you see if you're becoming wealthier or poorer. By tracking your net worth, you can measure your financial progress from month to month and year to year. If your net worth is increasing, you're improving your finances and moving forward. If your net worth is decreasing, you have some financial improvements to make. Three, net worth moves the focus beyond income. If you only look at one aspect of your finances, like your income, you might think, hey, I'm doing really well. I make a lot of money. But without considering your expenses, it's actually impossible to tell if you're doing well because you don't know how much of that money that you're earning is left over at the end of the month. Would you agree that someone who makes $100,000 a year is wealthy? How about when I tell you that they spend $150,000 a year? Now, you might not think so. Four, net worth helps you put your whole financial situation into perspective. It prevents overemphasizing the value of your assets as a measure of wealth. If you have $500,000 in assets but ignore that you're $450,000 in debt, you're not seeing the full picture of your wealth. It's not either number that's important by itself, but the difference between the two. The same goes for putting debt in perspective. If you have $50,000 of liabilities but $500,000 in assets, your debt is not as extreme as you might have thought by looking at that number alone. How to calculate your net worth. Let's dive into those terms, assets and liabilities, because defining them will help you calculate your net worth. 
I'm going to use Robert Kiyosaki's definition of the terms instead of the accounting definition because they're much more intuitive and they'll help you learn what is actually helping you build wealth. If that name sounds familiar, it's because Kiyosaki wrote the uber-popular book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I would recommend that you read to dive deeper into the concept of how to build wealth. Kiyosaki says in the book, you must know the difference between an asset and a liability and buy assets. Rich people acquire assets. Poor and middle-class people acquire liabilities, but they think they are assets. According to Kiyosaki, Assets are anything that put money in your pocket. Liabilities are anything that take money out of your pocket. Simple, right? This helps you differentiate between things that seem like assets, such as houses or cars, but are actually costing you money in the form of a debt payment or other overhead expenses every month. So let's go through what is an asset and what is a liability based on these definitions. Here are a few examples of assets. Liquid assets. These include the cash in your wallet, money in the bank, certificates of deposit, money market accounts, and any other cash equivalents. Investments. This includes investments like stocks, bonds, and commodities inside retirement plans like 401ks, 403bs, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, and taxable investment accounts. Real estate investments. If you own real estate that you're renting for income, this is an asset because it's putting money in your pocket. We'll talk about primary residences in just a second. Here is a list of liabilities. Houses. Primary residences cost you money, but they don't earn you money. You spend money every month on your mortgage, taxes, and insurance, plus repairs and maintenance. Even if you own your house outright, it's costing you money on a monthly basis for taxes, insurance, repairs, and maintenance. Vacation properties or second homes are the same way. Unless you're earning more money on your house than you spend on it, your house is a liability. I discuss some ways you can earn money on your primary residence to turn it into an asset in episode 37. Cars. Cars cost a lot of money to operate and maintain. You have to insure them, do maintenance, pay for gas, and more. It's pretty clear that cars take money out of your pocket, even before you consider factors like depreciation, which is where the value of the car decreases over time. Boats, ATVs, and other big toys. Just like a car, there are costs to keeping, operating, insuring, and maintaining these belongings. And many people get installment loans to pay for these toys, which means they are carrying debt, which is definitely a liability. Credit card balances. Fashion, jewelry, and furniture are often items that people might think of as assets, but they are in fact liabilities. And they're often purchased on credit cards. Whatever else you buy with your credit card, including subscriptions, groceries, and gas, is bought on credit, and you have to pay it back from your cash assets. So credit card balances are considered liabilities. Student loans, business loans, personal loans, and payday loans. All types of debt are liabilities because they take money out of your pocket. Other liabilities might include tax liability or medical debt. Is this not what you expected? You might be objecting right now and saying that you can sell your house, beach home, car, boat, ATV, jewelry, and more for real money. And that's true. The portion of your house that you own, called equity, is an asset 
because if you sell your house, you get that money in cash while also using the rest of the sale income to pay off your remaining debt, which is your mortgage. So when you're doing your net worth calculation, you could include the fair market value of your house in the asset section and the amount of your mortgage in the liability section. However, I urge you to keep in mind that there are costs associated with selling a home, such as realtor fees, and that it can be tricky to count your house as an asset if you would never consider selling it. Remember, even if you own your house outright, it is costing you money on a monthly basis. Finally, the market value of your house is pure speculation until you sell it. Many people think that houses are great assets because they assume that they will appreciate or increase in value. But that's not something you can count on, and you can't be sure of the value of your house until you actually sell it. People who lost their homes or sold their homes for significantly less than they purchased them for during the 2008 to 2009 recession became very aware of this. For these reasons, I encourage you to be conservative with your estimate of your house's value if you decide to count it as an asset. The same goes for other high-value possessions like cars, jewelry, boats, and more. These items cost you money and also suffer severe depreciation over time. So you want to make sure that if you do count them as assets, that you're accurately predicting their sale price in the future and that you're willing to actually sell them. That's one of the reasons that I don't count my car as an asset, because I plan to drive it until it doesn't drive anymore. That means it won't be worth more than scrap metal value if I went to sell it at that point. If I valued it at the price that I paid for it eight years ago, I wouldn't be accurately representing the cash value I could get from selling the car, or my willingness to recoup its cash value through a sale. The same goes for boats, which often depreciate so severely that they're difficult to sell at all or even give away. This is also why I don't recommend that people include things like wedding rings in their asset calculations, since the likelihood of you selling it to recoup its value is pretty low. How to calculate your net worth. Now that we're clear on what's an asset and what's a liability, you can do your net worth calculation. Like I said earlier, you add up all of your assets and then subtract all of your liabilities. There's an easier way to do this than on paper or in a spreadsheet. It also makes tracking your net worth over time much easier. I recommend that you use a tool like Personal Capital to track your net worth. On this website, you connect all of your bank accounts, loans, investment accounts, and more, and the program will automatically update with your net worth. Since investment values can fluctuate daily, you'll be able to see an accurate net worth whenever you log in, because the calculation is automatically up to date. Additionally, you can add the values of your assets that don't have accounts, like the fair market value of your home or car. Tracking your net worth. Now that you know how to calculate your net worth and that you can track it automatically using personal capital, let me tell you why tracking your net worth is important. When you figure out your net worth for the first time, you're getting the big picture of your financial situation at the moment. But when you track over time, you can see if your financial situation is getting better or worse. If you're saving more than you're spending, you'll see positive progress over time as long as you're not taking on additional debts. But if you see that your net worth is decreasing, that means that you're spending more than you're saving or you're taking on additional debts. This downward trend can tell you that it's time to change something in your financial life in order to start building wealth. 
It's also really encouraging to track your net worth when you're pursuing a financial goal such as debt payoff, early retirement, or standard retirement. By seeing the progress you've made each month, you can see how quickly you're moving towards your end goal. When I first calculated my net worth, it was negative $100,000. While that was helpful to see where I was, I could also track my net worth to measure whether I was heading in the right direction. Since I was putting all of my disposable income towards my student loans, I wasn't growing my assets. But by decreasing my liabilities, my net worth became less negative. This was an upward trend that allowed me to see that I was making financial progress despite my negative net worth. When I stopped aggressively paying down my debts and started to invest, I was still seeing forward financial progress. After a while, my net worth crossed from negative to positive and continued to grow. Improving your net worth. There are two ways to improve your net worth. One, decrease your liabilities. By decreasing liabilities, you will see your net worth increase. You can do this by paying off debt or selling liabilities, if they have value, to pay off debt and remove monthly payments. Another important part of decreasing your liabilities is not adding to them. That means not taking on additional debts, such as credit card debt or loans. When I first started tracking my net worth, I had hardly any assets and a ton of debt. As I started paying my debt off, my liabilities decreased. This means that the negative side of the equation got smaller, and so my net worth grew from negative $100,000 to negative $50,000 to negative $25,000. Two, increase your assets. You can increase your assets by saving cash or increasing your investments. Saving a buffer in your checking account will increase your assets and bring your net worth up. So will saving an emergency fund or saving towards another goal. Investments are a really great way to increase your assets because they grow passively due to compound interest. If you invest when you're young, you have lots of time to see compound interest take effect and increase your assets for you. Once I paid off the high interest portion of my student debt, I still had a negative net worth. To get a positive net worth, I started saving. First, I saved an emergency fund. Then I started saving and investing at the same time. Every time I got a paycheck, a percentage would automatically be invested in my 401k. I would put some in the bank towards my savings goals, and then I started to invest in an IRA. That whole time, I was also paying minimum payments on my remaining student loans, which decreased my debts a little bit more every month. By increasing my assets, I saw my net worth grow from negative $100,000 to $0, and then to $10,000, $20,000, and $50,000. Most of that increase was from me actively saving and investing, but I did gain some net worth from my investment assets increasing in value thanks to compound interest. What should your net worth be? This is a common question. We all want to know how we're doing compared to others, right? However, I found that common answers to this question are unsatisfactory. The first problem is that generalized advice can't possibly take into account your personal goals. Often, the recommendations you'll find online are based on a traditional trajectory of working 9 to 5 until 65. But if you're finding your freedom outside of that norm, the regular advice may not apply. The second problem is that they're almost always based on your income, not your expenses. That's because they assume that most people spend nearly everything they earn. 
However, if you want to see how long your assets can sustain your lifestyle, you need to think of it in terms of how much you spend. And if you're building wealth, you're not going to be spending every cent you earn. Finally, if you follow the traditional net worth recommendations, you wouldn't be able to afford to take time off from work, like a sabbatical or mini retirement, or retire early. By increasing your assets while you're young, in your 20s and 30s, instead of waiting until your 50s and 60s, you can have compound interest on your side to help you boost your net worth passively. Here's what's commonly recommended. In your 20s, just try not to take on too much debt. By 30, you should have half of your salary in net worth. By 40, you should have two times your annual salary. By 50, four times your annual salary. And by 60, you should have six times your annual salary in net worth. Then you can retire at 65. Like I said, I don't think that the common recommendations are going to work for everyone. What I recommend will depend on your personal situation. I think your 20s and 30s are the best time to grow your net worth so that you can sit back and relax while compound interest does its thing. If you start to think about net worth in terms of expenses, not salary, you'll need a net worth that includes assets equaling approximately 25 times your annual expenses to retire. You'll want to base this number on a conservative, or high, estimate of what you think you will spend in retirement. How quickly you get to that number depends entirely on your personal goals, lifestyle, income, and expected expenses in retirement. I know people who are retiring with 25 times their annual expenses by age 30 or 32. This is called early retirement, or financial independence, retire early, aka FIRE. I personally decided that I wanted to reach CoastFi, which is where I have enough invested in my retirement accounts that it will grow to be 25 times my annual expenses by the time I'm 59 and a half. I reached CoastFi in February 2020. That means from now on, from age 26 to 59 and a half, I only need to earn enough active income to support my expenses. Since my expenses are very low, I only need to do part-time or seasonal work to afford my lifestyle. If I earn more, I can invest the extra and either have more to spend in retirement or retire earlier. There are many paths you can take to financial freedom. To explore some of them, I encourage you to listen to episode 5, which is all about financial independence, retire early, or FIRE, and episode seven, which is about the many ways you can design your lifestyle, including coast-fi, mini-retirement, semi-retirement, and more. I'll include links to these episodes, as well as resources I've mentioned in this episode, in the show notes at 20free.co slash episode 41. Once you decide your path, you can create a plan and timeline that you will measure with certain net worth milestones. Remember, You're not racing anyone else. Your net worth should be a compass to help you see if you're headed in the direction of your goals. If you want help figuring out what path to financial freedom is right for you, or just getting started with increasing your net worth, I can help. As a money coach, I will help you gain clarity about which path to financial freedom you want to pursue, and how to pay off debt and start saving and investing in order to grow your net worth. Let's hop on the phone. During our free 15-minute clarity call, you're going to get clear on your path to financial freedom. I'll also send you a spending plan spreadsheet just for booking the call. Visit 20free.co slash moneycoaching to get your free call and spending plan spreadsheet right now. That's the word 20, 
F-R-E-E dot C-O slash money coaching. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you're subscribed to the Find Your Freedom podcast on whatever app you're using to listen to this episode. Do me a favor and also leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Go to 20free.co slash iTunes to be redirected to the page on Apple Podcasts where you can leave your rating and review. I really appreciate it. If you think this episode would help someone you know, please share it with a friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Find Your Freedom podcast. My name is Becky. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at 20freeco and sign up for free resources and email updates at www.20free.co. That's the word 20, F-R-E-E dot C-O. I'll talk to you next week on another episode of the Find Your Freedom podcast.